Now, at that time, the venerable Udayan, oh no. Episode 108, Tibitaka, Part 47. It's a bit of a special episode on account of 108 is a sacred number in uh, Buddhism. I have no idea why, but I'm sure later on in our readings we will find out. I can speculate based on math, but the, uh, the mala beads and often, oftentimes the prayers are prayed 108 times, and there's prayers with 108 lines, and so on and so forth. All right, so in this one we'll be continuing the Tipitaka, Pakitiya, or expiation rules. There's 92 of them, and we are on number six. And uh, I'll go ahead and read number six, and probably number seven, and possibly number eight, I don't know. As usual, you already know because of the title scroll and or the title of the episode. If this is your first time seeing me, do go ahead and click here. If you're on YouTube, if of course you're on the audio-only podcast, you can't see me or where I'm pointing. But I do recommend starting uh, with episode one of TV Taka. You can gradually work your way up to you know, part 47, episode 108, part 47. That's how I differentiate. Chapter Tipitaka. And then uh, it's Pakitia, Roman numeral six. So there's your delineations for this program. All right. At one time, the enlightened one, the Lord was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anattapindika's monastery. We're back there. Now, at that time, the venerable Anuruddha, a new character, going to Savati through the country of Kosawa, in the evening arrived at a certain village. Now, at that time, a rest house in that village had been made ready by a certain woman. Then the venerable Anuruddha approached that woman, and having approached, he spoke thus to that woman, quote, Sister, if it does not inconvenience you, we would stay for one night in the rest house. And quote, quote, Do stay, honored sir, she said. But other travelers came up to that woman, and having come up, they spoke thus to that woman, quote, Lady, if it does not inconvenience you, we would stay for one night in the rest house, end quote. 
Quote, but this master, the recluse, arrived first. If he allows it, do stay. End quote. She said. Then these travelers approached the venerable Anuruddha, and having approached, they spoke thus to the venerable Anuruddha. Quote, if it does not inconvenience you, honored sir, we would stay for one night in the rest house. End quote. Quote, do stay, sirs, end quote, he said. Then that woman, on account of his appearance, fell in love with the venerable Anuruddha. Then that woman approached the venerable Anuruddha, and having approached, she spoke thus to the venerable Anuruddha. Quote, Honored sir, the master will not be comfortable crowded with these people. Honored sir, it would be good if I were to prepare a couch within for the master. End quote. The venerable Anuruddha consented by becoming silent. Then that woman, having prepared a couch within for the venerable Anuruddha, having decked herself up in ornamentals, smelling of perfumes, approached the venerable Anuruddha, and having approached, she spoke thus to the venerable Anuruddha, quote, Honored sir, the master is beautiful, good to look upon, charming. I am also beautiful, good to look upon, charming, ooh, and modest too. That wasn't in the text. It were good, honored sir, if I were to become the master's wife. When she had spoken thus, the venerable Anuruddha was silent. A second time, three dots. A third time, that woman spoke thus to the venerable Anuruddha. Quote, Honored sir, the master is beautiful, good to look upon, charming. I am also beautiful, good to look upon, charming. Pray, honored sir, let the master take me as well as all the wealth. End quote. A third time the venerable Anuruddha became silent. Then that woman, having slipped off her outer cloak, walked up and down before the venerable Anuruddha. Then she stood. Then she sat down. Then she lay down. Then the venerable Anuruddha keeping control over his, in parentheses, faculties, neither so much as looked at that woman, nor undressed her. Then that woman said, quote, Indeed, it is wonderful, good sir. Indeed, it is marvelous, good sir. Many men send for me with a hundred or a thousand, but this recluse, being himself begged by me, does not desire to take me as well as all the wealth. End quote. And, dressing in her outer cloak, saluting the feet of the venerable Anuruddha with her head, she spoke thus to the venerable Anuruddha. Honored sir, a transgression has overcome me in that I acted thus, foolish, misguided, wrong that I was. 
Jews. Honored sir, let the master acknowledge me for the transgression as a transgression for the sake of restraint in the future. End quote. Quote, truly, sister, a transgression overcame you in that you acted thus, foolish, misguided, wrong that you were. But if you, sister, seeing the transgression as a transgression, confess according to the rule, we acknowledge it for you. For, sister, in the discipline of the noble, this is growth. Whoever, seeing a transgression as a transgression, confesses according to the rule and attains restraint in the future. End quote. Then that woman, at the end of that night, having with her own hands satisfied and served the venerable Anuruddha with abundant food, oh, whew, <clears throat> both solid and soft, Greeting the venerable Anuruddha, when he had eaten and removed his hand from the bowl, sat down at a respectful distance. As she was sitting down at a respectful distance, the venerable Anuruddha gladdened, roused, pleased, delighted that woman with talk on Dhamma. Then that woman gladdened, roused, pleased, Delighted by the venerable Anuruddha with talk on Dhamma, said to the venerable Anuruddha, quote, Excellent, honored sir. It is excellent, honored sir. Even as one honored sir would set upright what is overturned, or would uncover what is hidden, or would point out the way to one who is astray, or would bring out an oil lamp into the darkness, so that those with eyes could see forms. Even so has Dhamma been explained in many a figure by Master Anuruddha. Honored sir, I myself go to the Lord as refuge, to Dhamma and to the order of monks. Let the Master receive me as a lay follower from this day forth, so long as life lasts, as one gone for refuge. End quote. Then the venerable Anuruddha, having gone to Savati, told this matter to the monks. Those who were modest monks looked down upon, criticized, spread it about, saying, quote, How can the venerable Anuruddha lie down in a sleeping place with a woman? End quote. Then these monks told this matter to the Lord. Quote, is it true, as is said, that you, Anuruddha, lay down in a sleeping place with a woman? End quote. Quote, it is true, Lord. End quote. He said, the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked him, saying, quote, how can you? Anuruddha, lie down in a sleeping place with a woman. Anuruddha, it is not for pleasing those who are not yet in parentheses pleased. Three dots. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Whatever monk should lie down in a sleeping place with a woman, there is an offense of expiation. 
whatever means, he who, on account of his relations, on account of his social standing, on account of his name, on account of his clan, on account of his morals, on account of his dwelling, on account of his field of activity, in parentheses, an elder or a novice or one of middle standing, this is called whatever. Thank you, me from the past. Monk means he is a monk because he is a beggar for alms, a monk because he submits to wandering for alms, a monk because he is one who wears the patchwork cloth, a monk by the designation, parentheses of others, and parentheses, a monk on account of his knowledge, on account of his acknowledgement, a monk is called, quote, come monk, and parentheses. A monk is endowed with going to the three refugees. A monk is auspicious. A monk is the essential. A monk is a learner. A monk is an adept. A monk means one who is endowed with harmony for the order. The, with the resolution at which the motion is put three times and then followed by the decision with actions, parentheses, in accordance with Dhamma and the discipline, and parentheses. With steadfastness, with attributes of a man perfected. Whatever monk is endowed with harmony for the order, with the resolution at which the motion is put three times, and then followed by the decision with actions, parentheses, in accordance with Dhamma and the discipline, and parentheses. With steadfastness and the attributes of a man perfected, this one is a monk as understood in this meaning. Woman means a human woman, not a female yaka, not a female departed one, not a female animal, even a little girl born this very day, all the more an older one. With means together. Sleeping place means if it is fully covered, if it is fully closed round, if it is partially covered, if it is partially closed round. Should lie down in a sleeping place means if at sunset a monk lies down when a woman is lying down, there is an offense of expiation. If a woman lies down, when a monk is lying down, there is an offense of expiation. If or if both lie down, there is an offense of expiation. If getting up, they lie down again, there is an offense of expiation. If he thinks that it is a woman, and, in parentheses, lies down in a sleeping place with her, in parentheses, there is an offense of expiation. If he is in doubt as to whether it is a woman, and in parentheses, lies down in a sleeping place with her in parentheses, there is an offense of expiation. If he thinks that it is not a woman when it is a woman, and in parentheses, lies down in a sleeping place with her in parentheses, there is an offense of expiation. If it is half covered, half closed round, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he lies down in a sleeping place with a female yaka, or a female departed one, or with a eunuch, or with a female animal, 
there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he thinks that it is a woman when it is not a woman, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he is in doubt as to whether it is not a woman, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he thinks that it is not a woman when it is not a woman, there is no offense. There is no offense if it is fully covered, but, in parentheses, not fully closed round. If it is fully closed round, but, in parentheses, not fully covered. If it is partially uncovered, partially not closed round. If the monk sits down while the woman is lying down. If the woman sits down while the monk is lying down. Or if both sit down. If he is mad. If he is the first wrongdoer. The sixth. So earlier they covered uh, that monks should not sleep in a, in the same uh, sleeping place with non-monks. But then, because that one monk slept in the privy, the Buddha said, "Okay, okay, you can sleep for two or three days at most in a sleeping place with a non-monk, but not with a woman." Not even for one night, is what this new rule seems to add to the list of rules. Well, it was a, a fun story leading up to that rule. This is an example, I think, of one of those stories that helped to keep the, uh, the monks awake, or at least the groundlings among them. If you're not familiar, in uh, Shakespeare's day, there were the groundlings, which were the people, I think it was either a, a very cheap ticket or free so the people who you know who paid a bit more got nice seats to see Shakespeare's new play and then the people who couldn't afford the seats or the nice seats they sat on the ground in front of the uh, kind of actually like the mosh pit of the theater I mean these days we think of it as sort of an ideal place to be very close to the stage but I don't know I can understand how having some distance and being up high it's more like the experience of watching something on television where if you're on the ground looking up at the actors, you can see them sweating and you can tell they're acting and stuff like that. Well, anyway, different time, different time, about 500 years ago. 400, 500. Anyway, so, uh, so what they called the groundling humor was for the, the, the uncultured, the uneducated, the, you know, peep the poor who were, uh, you know, into going, <laughs> yeah, he said boobs. <laughs> oh, oh. He said, put my tongue in your tail. <laughs> Did you hear that? And so Shakespeare would have this very high-minded, highfalutin sort of philosophical, hmm, to, to be or not to be. But then, like, in the same line, there would be something for the groundlings, groundling humor. So, not to say that that's the, you know, that, that was the motive behind writing these, the tippy-taka this way. But it seems like since it was chanted, these things would come up for recitation so that they would be continually remembered and recalled and keep the, the structure of the order. So there would be these, okay, don't take a basket unless it's a basket that wasn't a basket and if it's a basket made up. And then she, she stood in front of him and she was very good looking and she put on perfume and she was walking back and forth and then she laid down and then he didn't do anything because he's a good monk. Mm -hmm. We covered all the stuff with the bad monks back in Parajika, right? Parajika 1. If you, if you missed that, then you 
you didn't take my advice. That's what will happen if you uh, follow that playlist. It's still down there for those of you on YouTube. You can open up the, uh, the description of the episode and scroll down to the bottom and you'll see the playlist, the Tipitaka playlist. Just start with episode one. The very first Parajika is uh, where you'll hear too many, too many stories about um, monks not resisting temptation. I'll just put it that way. So, shall we move on to Pakitia 7? Yeah, sure, why not? Expiation. Pakitia 7. At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anattapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the venerable Udayan, oh no, frequented families, and he approached many families. Then the venerable Udayan, dressed in the morning, taking his bowl and robe, went up to a certain family. Now, at that time, the housewife was sitting at the entrance door, and the daughter-in-law of the house was sitting at the door of the living room. Then the venerable Udayan went up to the housewife, and having gone up, he gave Dhamma privately to the housewife. So that's what the kids are calling it. Then the daughter-in-law of the house thought thus, What now is this recluse, the mother-in-law's lover? Or is he speaking offensively? Then the venerable Udayan, having given Dhamma privately to the housewife, approached the daughter-in-law of the house, and having approached, he gave Dhamma privately to the daughter-in-law of the house. Then the housewife thought, quote, What now? Is this recluse the lover of the daughter-in-law of the house? Or is he speaking offensively? Then the venerable Udayan, having given Dhamma privately to the daughter-in-law of the house, departed. Then the housewife said to the daughter-in-law of the house, quote, Well, now, what did this recluse say to you? And quote, quote, Lady, he taught Dhamma to me, but what did he say to the lady? And quote, quote, He also taught Dhamma to me. And quote, she said. These women, in parentheses, looked down upon, criticized, spread it about, saying, quote, How can Master Udayan teach Dhamma privately? Should not Dhamma be given clearly and openly? End quote. Monks heard these women who looked down upon, criticized, spread it about. Those who were modest monks looked down upon, criticized, spread it about, saying, quote, How can the venerable Udayan teach Dhamma to women? End quote. Then these monks told this matter to the Lord, three dogs. Quote, is it true, as is said, that you, Udayan, taught Dhamma to women? End quote. In private is the issue, isn't it? Right? 
not that he's teaching it to women? Well, let's read on and see. Quote, it is true, Lord, and quote, the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked him, saying, quote, how can you, foolish man, teach Dhamma to women? It is not, foolish man, for pleasing those who are not yet in parentheses pleased, three dots, and thus monks this rule of training should be set forth. Whatever monk should teach Dhamma to women, there is an offensive expiation. End quote. And thus this rule of training came down came to be laid down by the Lord. Hmm. Now at that time female lay followers, seeing seeing monks, spoke thus. I mean, I think it's implied that it's like in private with women only, right? That if it's a group of people where it's men and women, then monks can go in and teach, just not privately. I mean, there's been previous chapters where, like, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> Udayin, bad example. Um, oh, this is Udayin. Oh, no. Well, anyway, let's see where this goes. Masters, t please, please, masters, teach Dhamma. Yeah, please, please do. I agree with this woman asking. And quote, <clears throat> sisters, quote, sisters, it is not allowable to teach Dhamma to women. End quote. Quote, please, masters, teach Dhamma in five or six sentences. It is possible to learn Dhamma in a few sentences, in parentheses, end quote. Quote, sisters, it is not allowable to teach Dhamma to women. End quote. And being scrupulous, they did not teach. The female lay followers looked down upon, criticized, spread it about, saying, quote, How can these masters, being asked by us, not teach Dhamma? End quote. Monks heard these female lay followers, who looked down upon, criticized, spread it about. Then these monks told this matter to the Lord. Then the Lord, on this occasion, in this connection, having given reasoned talk, addressed the monks, saying, quote, Monks, I allow you to teach Dhamma to women in five or six sentences. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Whatever monk should teach Dhamma to women in more than five or six sentences, there is an offense of expiation. And thus this rule of training for monks came to be laid down by the Lord. So once again, I'm hoping that when there's a group of people, let's say four women and one man, that a monk can sit and teach Dhamma for hours. But if it's for women only, that monks aren't supposed to sit down and teach for longer than five or six sentences on account of the temptation for things to get weird uh, and on account of the reputation of the Buddha Sangha with people walking by seeing a male monk teaching women. Alright. I'll keep reading. I'll try not to 
feel too disappointed in Buddhism. Now, at that time, the group of six monks thought, quote, It is allowed by the Lord to teach Dhamma to women in five or six sentences, end quote. And these, making an unlearned man sit down nearby, taught Dhamma to women in more than five or six sentences. Those who were modest monks looked down upon, criticized, spread it about, saying, quote, How can the group of six monks, making an unlearned man sit down nearby, teach Dhamma to women in more than five or six sentences? End quote. I'm with the six monks here. Uh, exploit that loophole. Bring in some guy and say, hey, you sit here so we can properly teach these women. All right. <sighs> then these monks told this matter to the Lord. Quote, different time, different time. The sixth century before common era. Quote, is it true, as is said, that you monks three dots to women? End quote. It is true, Lord. End quote. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, How can you, foolish men, three dots to women? It is not foolish men for pleasing those who are not yet, in parentheses, pleased. Three dots. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Whatever monk should teach Dhamma to women in more than five or six sentences, except a learned man be present, there is an offense of expiation. Be present being in parentheses. End quote. Okay, okay. So, okay. All right. So, if you have, let's presume, 80, 80 women who want to learn the Dhamma, and one learned man there among them, you can sit and you can teach for hours, according to these rules. Okay. It's just specifically a rule against teaching women when there's no men around. And it doesn't count if you just bring in, you know, Cousin Larry, you know what I mean? Assuming Cousin Larry is an unlearned man. Right? Okay, alright, alright. A little bit of my disappointment is alleviated. I, I, I understand, and it's still pretty good for 2,600 years ago. I mean, things were going on, what, 60 years ago that are absolutely inexcusable by today's standards, and 10 years ago that were definitely raise an eyebrow by today's standards, right? Well, and today, of course, moving along, whatever means, three dots. We went over that, right, just now, recently. Monk means, you remember? Woman means a human woman, not a female yaka. Not a female departed one, basically not a female demon, not a female ghost. Not a female animal. One who is learned, competent to know good speech and bad speech, what is lewd and what is not lewd. In more than five or six sentences means exceeding five or six sentences. Dhamma means spoken by the enlightened one spoken by disciples, spoken to holy men, spoken by devatas, connected with the goal, connected with Dhamma. Should teach means, if he teaches by line, for every line there is an offensive expiation. 
if he teaches by syllable, for every syllable there is an offensive expiation. Except a learned man be present means, be present in parentheses, setting aside a learned man. Take him, set him aside, right? Um, a learned man means one who is competent to know good speech and bad speech, what is lewd and what is not lewd. That's a very low bar, isn't it? Learned. Learned means, you know, knowing what... Well, okay. I would prefer it if you not do your construction while I'm reading. All right. If he thinks that it is a woman, when it is a woman, and, in parentheses, teaches Dhamma in more than five or six sentences, except a learned man be present, be present in parentheses, there is an offense of expiation. If he is in doubt as to whether it is a woman, and, in parentheses, three dots, except a learned man be present, be present in parentheses. So if you're a monk and you want to teach Dhamma to women, keep a learned man around with you. Say, hey, learned man. I'll give you some of my gruel if you follow me around, right? Anyway, sorry. Uh, if he is in doubt as to whether he's a woman, and, right, 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 yes. If he thinks that it is not a woman, when it is a woman, three dots, except a learned man, be present, be present in parentheses, there is an offense of expiation. If he teaches Dhamma in more than five or six sentences, to a female yaka, or to a female departed one, or to a eunuch, or to an animal in woman's form, except a learned man be present, be present in parentheses, there is an offense of wrongdoing. So if you would like to teach a female demon, basically, and a female ghost in the, uh, what do they call them, in the cremation grounds? That's not what they call it, but uh, bring a learned man with you, and then it's fine. Always keep a learned man with you. That's all I'm saying. If you're a monk, if you're a Theravadan monk, just keep one on hand. Because how much would it suck for some lay women Buddhists, devotees of Buddha, to ask to, to learn? And you can't, because of some stupid rule. I said it. Anyway, keep a learning fan with you. Um, if he thinks that it is a woman, when it is not a woman, there is an offense of wrongdoing, because he thinks he's doing something wrong, right? If he thinks, if he is in doubt as to whether it is not a woman, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he thinks that it is not a woman, when it is not a woman, there is no offense. There is no offense if a learned man be present, be present in parentheses, if he teaches Dhamma in five or six sentences, if he teaches Dhamma in less than five or six sentences, if he teaches having risen, having sat down again, if the woman having risen sits down again, and he teaches at that moment, moment being in parentheses, if he is teaching a different woman, if she asks a question, ah, 
If she, in parentheses, having asked a question, he speaks. If talking for the good of another, a woman hears. If he is mad, if he is the first wrongdoer. So this is interesting. A monk can teach a woman one-on-one without a learned man there. If she asks a question, he can speak five or six sentences. Then she asks another question. He can speak five or six sentences. Huh. All right. But if there's a learned man there, then the monk can just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. All right. All right. I mean, in the end, I'm okay with the rule. I mean, it kind of raises an eyebrow in today's world. But uh, back then, well, you know. It is what it is, and the, and the orders of monks have reputations to uphold, right? Unless you're Ajivika. Let us continue. We'll do one more today. If we don't start doing three at a time, we'll never get through all 92 of these rules of expiation. Not that we're in a rush. Not that we're in a rush. If we try to cram in five or six of them, then we'll forget what they even are, right? I'm trying to do two or three so we can have time to let them absorb and contemplate them in between. Expiation. Pakitia. Eight. At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Visali in the pavilion of the gabled hall in the great grove. Now, at that time, many monks who were friends and companions went for the rains to the banks of the river Vagumuda. At that time, Vaji was short of alms food, which was difficult to obtain. It was suffering from a famine, and food tickets were being issued. Nor was it easy to keep oneself going by gleaning or by favor. Then these monks said to one another, quote, At present, Vaji is short of alms food, three dots, nor is it easy to keep oneself going by gleaning or by favor. What now if we, by some stratagem, all together, being on friendly terms and harmonious, should spend a comfortable rainy season and not go short of alms food. End quote. Some spoke thus, quote, Look, your reverences, we could superintend the business of householders. Thus they will think to give us. Thus we, altogether, being on friendly terms and harmonious, will spend a comfortable rainy season and not go short of alms food. End quote. Some spoke thus, Enough, your reverences, of superintending the business of householders. Look, your reverences, we will execute householders' commissions. Thus they will think to give to us. Thus we, altogether, being on friendly terms and harmonious, will spend a comfortable rainy season and not go short of alms food. End quote. 
Some spoke thus, quote, Enough, your reverences, of superintending the business of householders and of executing householders' commissions. Look, your reverences, we will speak praise to householders concerning this or that condition of further men, saying, quote, then quotes, Such a monk is possessed of the first musing. Such a monk is possessed of the second musing. Such a monk is possessed of the third musing. Such a monk is possessed of the fourth musing. Such a monk is a stream attainer. Such a monk is a once returner. Such a monk is a non returner. Corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking. Just a moment. Point taken. <clears throat> Such a monk is man perfected. Such a monk is a threefold wisdom man. Such a monk is a sixfold super knowledge man. Ooh, ooh, I want to see that comic. End quote within quotes. Thus these, householders in parentheses, will think to give us. Thus we, all together, being on friendly terms and harmonious, will spend a comfortable rainy season and not go short of alms food. It is better, your reverences, to speak praise to householders concerning this or that condition of further men. End quote. So you might recall this came up in Parajika. However, I believe at that time what they were doing was all the monks would say, Hey, Larry here, here right now in your presence has achieved this state. And he would say, yes, yes, I have. And then they would get food. So the difference is this is a rule of expiation. They're not talking about themselves or one of them. They're talking about some imaginary monk out there in the world. Right? Let's keep reading and find out. Then these monks spoke praise to householders concerning this or that condition of further men saying, quote, such a monk is possessed of the first musing, three dots. Such a monk is a six-fold super-knowledge man, end quote. Then these men in parentheses thought, quote, surely we have gained. Surely there is a profit for us that such monks have come, come to us for the reins. Surely such monks as these monks, virtuous and of good character, never came to us for the reins before, end Accordingly, these did not, on their own account, eat meals. They gave not to parents. They gave not to wife and children. They gave not to slave or servant. They gave not to friend or colleague. They gave not to blood relations, as they gave to the monks. Accordingly, these did not, on their own account, take savory solid foods or drinks. They gave not to parents. They gave not to wife or children. They gave not to slave or servant. They gave not to friend or colleague. They gave not to blood relations, as they gave to the monks. Thus, these monks became handsome, of round features, their complexions bright, their skins clear. Now it was the custom for monks who had finished keeping the reins to go and see the Lord. Then these monks who had finished keeping the reins, the three months having elapsed, packing away their bedding, taking their bowls and robes, went up to Vesali. In the course of time, they came up to Vesali, the great grove, the pavilion of the gabled hall, and to the Lord. And having approached the Lord, they greeted him and sat down at a respectful distance. 
At that time, the monks who had spent the rains in those regions had become lean, wretched, of a bad color. Having become very yellow, their veins standing out all over their bodies, but the monks from the banks of the Vagamuda had become handsome, of rounded features, their complexions bright, their skins clear. Now it was the custom for the for enlightened ones, for lords, to exchange friendly greetings in with incoming monks. So the Lord said to the monks from the banks of the Vagamuda, I hope, monks, that things went well for you. I hope that you had enough to support life. I hope that altogether, being on friendly terms and harmonious, you spent a comfortable rainy season and did not go short of alms food. Things did go well with us, Lord. We had enough to support life, Lord. And altogether, we, Lord, being on friendly terms and harmonious, spent a comfortable rainy season and did not go short of alms food. End quote. Tatagata's knowing, parentheses, sometimes ask. Knowing, sometimes, in parentheses, do not ask. They ask, knowing the right time, parentheses, to ask. And they ask, knowing the right time, parentheses, when not to ask. Tatagatas ask about what belongs to the goal, not about what does not belong to the goal. The breaking of the bridge of the Tatagatas is among what does not belong to the goal. Enlightened ones, lords, question monks concerning two matters. Either, quote, shall we teach Dhamma? End quote. Or, quote, shall we make known a rule of training for the disciples? End quote. Then the Lord spoke thus to the monks from the banks of the Vagamuda. Quote, In what way did you, monks, altogether being on friendly terms and harmonious, spend a comfortable rainy season and not go short of alms food? End quote. Then these monks told this matter to the Lord. Quote, Indeed, monks, I wonder if that is a fact, end quote. Quote, it is a fact, Lord, end quote, they said. And the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, How can you, monks, for the sake of your stomachs, speak praise to householders concerning this or that condition of further men? It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not yet, in parentheses, pleased. Three dots. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Whatever monk should speak of a condition of further men to one who is not ordained, if it is a fact, there is an offense of expiation. End quote. Ah! So they were speaking about actual states of further men. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. They were telling stories of things they've witnessed. Well, we've heard about a few. Okay. Whatever means, you remember, monk means, not ordained means, setting aside monk and nun, the rest are called not ordained. Condition of further men means, 
musing, freedom, concentration, attainment, knowledge and insight, making the way to become, realization of the fruits, destruction of the corruptions, delight in solitude for the mind devoid of the hindrances. Musing means the first musing, the second musing, the third musing, the fourth musing. Freedom means void freedom, signless freedom, freedom in which there is no hankering. Got hankering for something? Concentration means void concentration, signless concentration, Concentration in which there is no anchor. Attainment means void attainment, signless attainment. Attainment in which there is no hankering. Knowledge and insight means the three knowledges. Okay, what are they? Moving along. Making the way to become means the four presences of mindfulness the four right efforts, the four bases of psychic potencies, the five faculties, the five powers, the seven parts of enlightenment, the noble eightfold way. Realization of the fruits means realization of the fruits of stream attainment, ah, realization of the fruit of once returning, Realization of the fruit of no return. The fruit. Pass the fruit of no return. Realization. Fan of the opera, anyone? Never mind. Realization of the fruit of perfection. Destruction of the corruptions means the destruction of passion, the destruction of hatred. The destruction of confusion. For the mind devoid of hindrances means the mind devoid of, of the hindrance of passion, the mind devoid of the hindrance of hatred, the mind devoid of the hindrance of confusion. Delight in solitude means during the first musing there is delight in solitude. During the second musing, three dots, I like saying it though, there is delight in solitude. During the third musing, there is delight in solitude. During the fourth musing, there is delight in solitude. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I am attaining the first musing, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for one who, saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I attained the first musing, end quote. Three dots, quote, I am possessed of the first musing. Three dots, I am master of the first musing. Three dots, the first musing is realized by me. End quote. 
should speak of means there's an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the second three dots, the third three dots, the fourth musing. I am attaining the second three dots, the third three dots, the fourth musing. I attained the second three dots, the third three dots, the fourth musing. I am possessed of three dots, fourth musing. I am master of the three dots, fourth musing. The three dots, fourth musing is realized by me. So presumably there was like a long, long thing where they were saying the second musing of this and the second musing of that and the second of that. The third musing, they're probably fun to chant. If you have a link to uh, that particular chant in Pali, do comment below. Should speak of means there's an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain three dots. I am attaining three dots. I attained the void freedom, the signless freedom, the freedom in which there is no hankering, the void concentration, the signless concentration, the concentration in which there is no hankering. I am possessed of three dots. I am master of the concentration in which there is no hankering. The concentration in which there is no hankering is realized by me. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain, three dots, I am attaining, three dots, I attained, the void attainment, the signless attainment, the attainment in which there is no hankering. I am possessed of, three dots, I am master of the attainment in which there is no hankering. The attainment in which there is no hankering is realized by me, end quote. So interesting. Okay, so talking about oneself, he's saying if Lord Buddha says it is a fact. So if you have not attained a state of further men and claim you have, you're out. You're not a monk anymore. If you claim to have attained a state of further men and you actually have, and you're bragging about it to one who's not ordained, it's an offensive expiation. All right. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the three knowledges, three dots. I am possessed of the, the three knowledges, three dots, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain three dots. I am possessed of the four presences of mindfulness, the four right efforts, the four bases of psychic potencies, three dots, end quote, should speak of means. There is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the five faculties, the five powers, three dots, I am possessed of three dots. I am master of the five powers. The five powers are realized by me. End quote. Should speak of means. There is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the seven parts of enlightenment. Three dots. I am possessed of the seven parts of enlightenment. Three dots. End quote. Should speak of means. 
there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the noble eightfold way. Three dots, I am possessed of the noble eightfold way. Three dots, end quote. Should speak of means, there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the fruit of stream attainment, the fruit of once returning, the fruit of return, perfection, three dots, I am possessed of perfection, three dots, should speak of means, there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, passion is given up by me, hatred is given up by me, confusion is given up by me. Three dots. Renounced. Sacrifice. Three dots. Sacrificed. Three dots. Destroyed. Three dots. Forsaken. Three dots. Thrown aside. Three dots. Rejected. End quote. It's a good thing these rules weren't in place when the Buddha met the Brahmin at the beginning of the first book, isn't it? Oh, oh, snap. Sorry. Saying with all respects. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, My mind is devoid of the hindrance of passion, three dots, of hatred, three dots. My mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, end quote. Does speaking to a Brahmin count as speaking to one who is not ordained? Ordained in the Buddha Sangha or ordained in general? or the blood is ordained by the caste system. You decide. Should speak of means, no, don't decide, please. Stay in the state of not knowing with me until Buddha Gosa explains it in a thousand years. Should speak of means there is an offense of expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, in solitude I will attain the first musing. Three dots, the second musing three dots, the third three dots, the fourth musing, three dots, in solitude I am possessed of the fourth musing. That's what that looks like, three dots. End quote. Should speak of means. There is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing and the second musing, three dots, the second musing is realized by me. End quote. Should speak of means. There is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing and the third musing. Three dots, the first musing and the fourth musing are attained by me. End quote. Can you skip over the second and third? Should speak of means, there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing and the void freedom and the signless freedom and the freedom in which there is no hankering and the void concentration and the signless concentration and the concentration in which there is no hankering. Hankering. Three dots is realized by me, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained Quote, I will attain the first musing and the void attainment and the signless attainment and the attainment in which there is no hankering. Three dots is realized by me. 
end quote, should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing and the three knowledges, three dots, is realized by me, end quote, should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing and the four presences of mindfulness and the four right efforts and the four bases of psychic potencies, three dots, realized by me, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, I will attain the first musing and the five faculties and five powers, three dots, are realized by me, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, Quote, I will attain the first musing and the seven parts of enlightenment and the noble eightfold way and the fruit of stream attainment and the fruit of once returning and the fruit of no return and perfection. Three dots realized by me. End quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing, three dots. I attained, three dots, and passion is given up by me, and hatred is given up by me, and confusion is given up by me, and three dots rejected. I, too, reject the three dots, end quote. Should speak of means <clears throat> there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing, three dots, I am attaining, three dots, realized by me, three dots, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of passion, three dots, of the hindrance of hatred, three dots, of the hindrance of confusion, three dots, I mean, end quote, should speak of, means, there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will enter upon the second musing and the third musing, and the second musing and the fourth musing, three dots, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, I will attain the second musing, and the first musing, three dots, attained by me, should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, and I will attain the first musing, and the second musing, and the third musing, and the fourth musing, three dots, realized by me, three dots, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of hatred, three dots, end quote. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain, three dots, I am attaining, three dots, I attained, the first musing, and the second musing, and the third musing, and the fourth musing, and the void freedom, and the signless freedom, and the freedom in which there is no hankering, and the void concentration, and the signless concentration, 
and the concentration in which there is no hankering, and the void attainment and the signless attainment, and the attainment in which there is no hankering, and the three knowledges and the four presences of mindfulness, and the four right efforts and the four bases of psychic potencies, and the five faculties and the five powers, and the seven parts of enlightenment, and the noble eightfold way, and the fruit of stream attainment, and the fruit of once returning, and the fruit of no return, and perfection and passion is given up by me, three dots, and hatred is given up by me, three dots, and confusion is given up by me, renounced, sacrificed, destroyed, forsaken, thrown aside, rejected, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of passion, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of hatred, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion. Should speak of means, there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first music, end quote, and for acknowledging it, if he is desirous of saying, quote, I will attain the second musing, end quote, but if he does not acknowledge it, there is an offensive wrongdoing. Right. Should speak of means, there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing, end quote, and for acknowledging it, but if he is desirous of, of saying, quote, I will attain the third musing, three dots, the fourth musing, three dots, the void freedom, three dots, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, but if he does not acknowledge it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Interesting. So, if he is desirous of saying these things, but does not acknowledge it, there's an offensive wrongdoing. A little confused, a little confused, but I think kind of what it means is that if he says the thing, it's an offensive expiation. If he wants to say it, it's an offensive wrongdoing. That's interesting. Okay. Should speak of means there is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, I will attain the second musing, end quote, and for acknowledging it, if he is desirous of saying, quote, three dots, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, end quote, three dots, for saying, for acknowledging, three dots, quote, I will attain the first musing, three dots, end quote, but if he does not acknowledge it, there is an offensive wrongdoing. All right, keep reading. Oh, by the way, in yesterday's reading, I, I think, I mean, I'm not really sure when I was at the end breaking it down. Um, I think that by removing raw from the Pali word that means form, it changed the word to the word feelings. So people were saying these, uh, the, the lay followers were saying form, they were trying to say form is ever-changing or whatever the word was. Uh, but they were saying feelings because they got the word wrong because they left off a syllable. Should speak of means. There is an offensive expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the first musing and the second musing and the third musing and the fourth musing, three dots, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of hatred, end quote, and for acknowledging it, if he is desirous of saying, quote, my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, end quote, 
but if he does not acknowledge it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Should speak of means there is an offense of expiation for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, I will attain the second musing and the third musing, three dots, and my mind is devoid of the hindrance of confusion, end quote, and for acknowledging it. If he is desirous of saying, quote, I will attain the first musing, but if he does not acknowledge it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. There is an offensive wrongdoing for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, The monk who lives in this dwelling place will attain, three dots, is attaining, three dots, attained, the first musing. The monk is possessed of, master of, the first musing. The first musing is realized by this monk, end quote. There is an offensive wrongdoing for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, The monk who lives in this dwelling place will attain, three dots, is attaining, three dots, attained, the, the second musing, the third musing, the fourth musing, the void freedom, three dots, perfection, three dots. Passion is given up by this monk, three dots. Hatred is given up, three dots. Confusion is given up by this monk, renounced, three dots, rejected. This monk's mind is devoid of the hindrance of passion, three dots, of hatred, three dots, is devoid of the hindrance of confusion. There is an offensive wrongdoing for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, The monk who lives in this dwelling place will attain three dots, is attaining three dots, attained. The first musing in solitude three dots, the second musing three dots, the third musing three dots, the fourth musing in solitude three dots. The monk is possessed, this monk is possessed of the fourth musing in solitude, is master of three dots. That's not much of an accomplishment, being master of three dots. Ivy Horner herself is a master of three dots, I'd say. The fourth musing is realized by this monk in solitude. End quote. There is an offensive wrongdoing for saying to one who is not ordained, quote, The monk who uses your dwelling place, who uses your robes, who uses your alms food, who uses your lodgings, who uses your medicines for the sick, three dots by whom your dwelling place was used, by whom your robes were used, by whom your alms food was used, by whom your lodgings were used, by whom your medicine for the sick were used. Three dots. To whom, thanks to you, he gave a dwelling place, he gave robes, he gave alms food, he gave lodgings, he gave medicines for the sick. That monk attained the fourth musing in solitude. Three dots. The fourth musing was realized by that monk in solitude. End quote. There is no offense if what he if he speaks of what is a fact to one who is ordained. If he is mad, if he is the first wrongdoer, the eighth. So, for those Theravadan monks who are new. You get one of these wrongdoings. If you've never done a wrongdoing before, choose wisely your first wrongdoing. That's all I'd say. All right. Well, today was interesting, if a bit noisy, thanks to that guy, right? I Blessings to you, O oh noisemaker. Thank you for challenging my ability to tolerate you. Um, and 
thank you to all of you who are going on this ride with me. Do feel free to comment below and say hello. And uh, I will go ahead and close now. And then I will go have some breakfast. <clears throat> To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until